Well, I shared with you, I guess it's been over a year ago when I found out, well, it has been over a year ago mm-hmm. when I found out that a friend I grew up with, um, you know, his friend was with their entire family, um, Jared Bridegan, was mm-hmm. murdered in Florida. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's got to be just surreal feeling. I mean, somebody that you knew from right here in this area. Right. Went to church with yeah. them. Yeah. And I contacted the family right away. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And you know, then things unfolded and I did ask, you know, do you think there's anybody you think that did this and kind of off the record said, we, we have an idea from Mm -hmm. day one said there's only one person that, uh, they felt had any animosity towards him because he was such a great guy. You see the things we don't get in the news reports always. Right. You know, and they said, well, we can't talk about it right now. Sure. Yeah. And then the case unfolded and, you know, maybe we can help. We have our, uh, from court TV, Julie Grant. She has a new show on Court TV that just started at 8 a.m. Uh, every morning, opening statements with Julie Grant. I was on the phone. Also, Jared Bridegan's widow, Kirsten Bridegan, which has she's been fighting for truth and justice from the moment she got that horrible news. Good Cannot morning. I imagine. Good morning. Oh, good morning, good morning, Jared and Katie and Kirsten. Good morning. And so sorry for your loss. So Thank you. Let's start with Kirsten. Kirsten, I know... F- you, you share your part, but I know that you had a strong feeling and you fought hard. And even there, there at, I think as time went on, people may have started doubting and may thinking that you're, you know, wrong about your assumptions. And I know you had some blowback at different places, which is so unfair because you're the, you're the victim, you're the widow. But, um, tell us about just what, tell us what you can tell us about, uh, your feelings after, uh, losing Jared Bridegan, your husband, and then like who you thought w- or was it was involved. Yeah, um, honestly, I felt like I didn't, it's not like your normal grieving process when you lose someone naturally. It was, I'm grieving and immediately I feel like I have to fight. Like I have to fight for him. I need to find out for sure who did this. You know, I had my own assumptions, but I needed to make sure that they were going to hold people accountable. Um, So it was immediately from grieving straight into fight mode and having to do both of those at the same time is really hard. I can't even Um, imagine as a wife and my understanding at the time, not a new mother, but a new mother again. Is that correct? Yeah. Our youngest was six months old at the time. And I can't even imagine the, the stress and the emotional toll that that would take on one human being where you've just lost your partner the love of your life, you've just had a new baby and you, you're really not even able to grieve in that time because you have to, it's like a, uh, an urge that you have to find, like, who did this? Right. Can you imagine that I emotional imagine load? No. I, I can't. And uh, maybe no, Jewel, oh, go ahead, Kirsten. I was just going to say on top of that, you know, I had stepkids too that sure. I was then shortly after not able to see. So it was a lot all at once. Golly. I, and and I applaud you because I saw how hard you're fighting online and you've you got a foundation now that helps other people that are going through a similar situation, other victims of these terrible uh, crimes, these senseless crimes. Now, maybe we'll go to uh, Julie uh, Grant. Julie, can you walk us through Julie. what happened uh, in the Brighton case and then also uh, the latest update? Yeah, certainly, Jarrett. Um, so, so this all happened in February of... 2022. So we're going back. I mean, these arrests didn't happen until 2023. And we learned incrementally. It was kind of like we got the story in pieces. Uh, For those of us who are watching, I mean, it it stunned the nation. 
Kirsten, all of our hearts were breaking for you. I mean, you know, here's this wonderful guy by all accounts with a beautiful wife, beautiful family, just doing the best he can to be the best dad to his kids. And when he was coming home from what was called a, you know, a daddy uh, children date night per the custody agreement, um, he was going down a one-way road in Jacksonville, Florida, and there was a tire in the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. And police told us later that that tire was strategically placed there so that Jared would have to get out of his car and have to remove the tire. And when he did, he was ambushed. Mm -hmm. And police say that the man who shot him to death is a guy named Henry Tennant. And Henry Tennant will become key to the prosecution of the other two people who were arrested. So it was announced first that Henry Tennan killed Jared, but we didn't know why. And so then it came out that there was a, a link that Henry Tennant had to someone connected to Jared, and that is a guy named Mario Fernandez Saldana. He married Jared's first wife, Shanna Gardner Fernandez. And so it came out that Henry Tennant had lived in a property that Mario Fernandez Saldana had owned. And so then investigators arrested Mario Fernandez Saldana and charged him with capital murder and said, guess what? The gunman is pleading. He's cooperating with us and he's going to testify against you. And by mm -hmm. the way, we're seeking the death penalty against you for what you did in this murder for hire plot. So then many of us at Court TV were wondering, well, wait a second. He's married to the woman who was in this bitter custody battle with Jared Bridegan and had so much animosity toward Jared Bridegan. What's going on with her? Did she have any part in this? Mm -hmm. We were waiting for the other shoe to drop because she did not attend his funeral. She went back to Washington State, you know, left Jacksonville, Florida, and her new husband, Mario Fernandez Saldana, was still in Jacksonville. And so now, you know, he's locked up in, in jail awaiting his trial, and she's off in Washington State. Just recently, her arrest was announced. They, yeah. they grabbed her up in Washington State. She's his co-defendant charged with the conspiracy to commit murder. It's a capital offense in Florida, and prosecutors are seeking the death penalty against her. They have to officially file the notice of intent. That will happen when she physically gets to Florida. And by the way, you guys, the, the very latest is that she's going to be in court tomorrow in Washington State. She is fighting her extradition to Florida, which is idiotic. I'll tell you guys, it's, it's totally idiotic to fight extradition because it's not like a trial where it's, did you do what the state says you did? No, it's just, are you the right person here? Do we have the right identity of the person right. that this other state is requesting? So and I don't know about a, you, but bonehead fleeing, move. fleeing mm -hmm. in the middle of all of this going on, I don't, I'm not a professional here, but to me, nothing screams fishy like that does. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Oh, you're right, Katie. Yes. Katie, that's such a smart comment. And you know what? In some <laughs> states, I don't know about Florida because I'm licensed in Pennsylvania, but there's a there's an instruction you can get for the jury, and it's it's called flight as consciousness of guilt. Um, if if they have an instruction in Florida, and I think that they do, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, where the judge, if the prosecutors get the instruction, if the judge agrees to do it, at the time the jury goes to get the case you know, the judge will instruct them on the law, what the law is. And he'll say, you know, you can consider the fact that, you know, she left immediately after he's shot and killed. Mm -hmm. You know, her, her first husband murdered, the father of her children murdered, and she 
goes off and decides to move to Washington suddenly, you know, I would ask for it. So I, you know, I, I think we can bet our bottom dollar that those prosecutors are going to ask for that. Uh, they mean business. We're they're, talking they're, to, they're really good prosecutors. Good. We're talking to Julie Grant, longtime friend of the show, Court TV, uh, opening statements with Julie Grant uh, weekday mornings at 8 a.m. and also the widow of Jared Brightigan. And this is a, also a, a personal family friend of mine growing up, uh, Kirsten Brightigan. Kirsten, maybe the last word here. What is your, where are you now? What What is your, we know what your hopes are, but what do you think? What are you thinking now? What are you feeling? And is there some vindication? I know it's still a long road ahead because I, I do know, because I've gotten to know you a little bit since all this has happened, that there were people that like, even people that maybe shouldn't have would start maybe doubting you or like, hey, you maybe should like calm down and not fight so hard. And I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you for fighting for him. Thank you. Yeah, thankfully, it seems that there's a lot less of those people now. Obviously, with this third arrest of Shanna Gardner, I think that quieted those people who didn't believe me or didn't support me trying to seek justice, which is just mind-boggling. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like Those voices don't ultimately matter to me. What matters is the jury and the trials coming up mm-hmm. and the prosecution team doing their best to present the truth and hopefully the truth prevails. Wow. Well, you are stronger than any woman that I've ever met for sure. And we're sending you love and prayers and, and following along right along with you. Thank you. Yes. And um, also just want to say they have the Bridegan Foundation. We'll post the link to it. Can you tell that about that real quick, Kirsten? Because I think it's yeah. really important. So the night of Jared's murder, our two-year-old daughter was in the car with him. Her name's Bexley. Oh. And she was taken to the police station. I wasn't there for a while afterwards because I didn't know what had happened. Um, and when I got there, her diaper was full. Like She needed a diaper change. There wasn't much for her. So she, she was just sitting in a cold conference room with a single coloring book um, for, for hours. Mm-hmm. So I decided to try to change that for future children. And we created the Brighton Foundation that supplies what we call Bexley Boxes to law enforcement agencies, and it's filled with essentials like diapers, wipes, sippy cups, um, allergy-friendly snacks, things like that, as well as comforting items like blankets, toys, puzzles, fidget toys, things like that, just to kind of give children some comfort during what's probably the most traumatizing experience of their life. Wow. And I'm sure that that happens way more than any of us would care to to know. Definitely. It does. You know, we've, we've done over 20 boxes um and we've gotten stories from these law enforcement agencies that have them about them using the box and they send us pictures before not with faces but you know we have some kids here today and they are definitely utilizing the contents of the bexley box well kirsten brightigan again our prayers are with you we're proud of how strong you are and court tv's julie grant she's going to be a good ally as far as letting the nation know uh, not forget what happened that day and to make sure justice is served. Thank you, Julie. Oh, Jared and Katie, thank you all.